Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Tonight on The Readout. I'm really rich. I don't need banks. We have a lot of cash. Built an amazing company. I'm a very rich person. It turned out that I'm much richer than people think. A New York judge's ruling puts the lie to the entire rationale for Trump's political career, that he was an extraordinarily wealthy, successful businessman. As we've been saying for years, it was all a fraud. And ahead of Trump's speech to workers at a non-union plant, we expose another of his big lies, that he is somehow a friend of the working man. His track record clearly shows just the opposite. Also tonight, Kevin McCarthy's government shutdown is now just three days away, with little hope that he can get control of his chaos caucus in time to avert disaster. Democratic House Leader Hakeem Jeffries joins me. But we begin with breaking news tonight. Judge Tanya Chutkin, who's presiding over Donald Trump's federal election interference case, has rejected Trump's request for her to recuse herself in the case. Judge Chutkin's thorough rebuke comes as Trump claimed that her past statements at the sentencing for two January 6th defendants implied that he should be prosecuted and imprisoned. It's Trump's second defeat by a judge in just two days. Yesterday's ruling by a New York judge and Attorney General Letitia James's civil lawsuit against Trump undercut one of his most consequential myths, the lie that Trump was in real life the character that he played on TV for 14 seasons on The Apprentice, a billionaire, a successful real estate developer, a wise businessman. But the truth was and still is that the twice impeached, four times indicted, civilly liable for sexual abuse former president has been none of those things. In his scathing 35-page ruling, Judge Arthur N. Gordon found that Trump committed repeated acts of fraud for years as he massively overvalued his assets and net worth by billions of dollars in his financial statements. The judge said that Trump's legal arguments defending those statements were based in a, quote, fantasy world and noted the difference between how independent professional appraisers valued Trump's properties compared to what Trump claimed they were worth. His Westchester County Seven Springs estate appraised at $30 million. Trump's value? Between $261 and $291 million. 40 Wall Street in Manhattan was appraised at $540 million. Trump's value? $735 million. And, of course, there's Mar-a-Lago, which was appraised at between 18 and 27 million dollars. But according to Trump's financial statements, it was supposedly worth anywhere between 426 and 612 million dollars, an overvaluation of at least 2300 percent. And then there's Trump's penchant for overstating the size of things. The judge pointed to Trump having wildly exaggerated the size of his New York apartment in his flagship property, Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue, to pump up its value, repeatedly claiming it was over 30,000 square feet when it was actually a third of that size, which prompted the judge to write, 
A discrepancy of this order of magnitude by a real estate developer sizing up his own living space of decades can only be considered fraud. And so the trial in the civil lawsuit will begin on Monday, more than four years after Letitia James first opened her civil investigation. It's an investigation that she said only began because of the 2019 congressional testimony from Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, who put a spotlight on Trump's misconduct. To your knowledge, did the president or his company ever inflate assets or revenues? Yes. To your knowledge, did the president ever provide inflated assets to an insurance company? Yes. Do you know, to your knowledge, was the president interested in reducing his local real estate bills, tax bills? Yes. And how did he do that? What you do is you deflate the value of the asset and then you put in a request to the tax department uh, for a deduction. And uh, was that done with the president's knowledge or direction? Everything was done with the knowledge and at the direction of Mr. Trump. Joining me now is Michael Cohen, Trump's former personal lawyer. He is the host of the Mea Culpa and Political Beatdown podcast and is the author of Revenge, How Donald Trump Weaponized the Department of Justice Against His Critics. An apt title, Michael. Good to see you. Good to see you, Joy. Let's just talk about Mar-a-Lago for just a moment. So Mar-a-Lago, he claims, is worth, and it's kind of funny, $1.5 billion. Here's the deposition from Donald Trump. Do Question, do you have the sense of the price of Mar-a-Lago? The value? Yes. I think I do. I mean, I think I do. And how much do you think it's worth? $1.5 billion. And what's your basis for that? Just broker talk, never been for sale. I mean, two people owned it. I would say that based on what, I mean, what will have people come in, you know, experts and like this to show a price of 1.5. I believe the price would be 1.5 billion. So he just makes up the value of things out of what? His own mind, how he's feeling that day? Absolutely. There is no basis for a $1.5 billion valuation of Mar-a-Lago. Let me, though, be clear. When Judge um when uh, Judge Angoron, in this specific case, stated that the value of Mar-a-Lago was between 14 to $26 million, he didn't mean the sale price. He was talking about the assessed value. And Trump actually tried to have that reduced even further because by reducing it even further— based upon some algorithmic number that's used by the state, would reduce the tax basis. Right. So it's not the value of the property. I'd pay $20 million for Mar-a-Lago in a heartbeat. So yeah. would anybody sure. in Palm Beach. He's talking about the assessed value. And again, there's some algorithmic number. Uh, I just wanted to be clear about sure. that. But under no circumstance... Is it worth anywhere near $1.5 billion? Right. And some of the things that he's doing, I mean, in the case of Mar-a-Lago, it is zoned to be a club. It is not a private residence anymore because he had to give it up in bankruptcy and make it turn a profit. So he's assessing it as if he could sell it as parceled off lots in Palm Beach and then inflating that by 3000 percent. Right. Well, first of all, you can't just take a property which is zoned as a social club and automatically turn it into a residential property. Then on top of that, you can't parcel it off simply because that's what you want to do. There's all forms of application and he would not be entitled to it. First of all, let's assume that he sold the property tomorrow. He doesn't get the money. 
He doesn't get to keep all that money. There are people that paid $350,000 as a bond to right. be a member of that club. They're entitled to their bond money back. Right. Now, they may not be entitled to interest. I'm not sure exactly how the paperwork goes. Actually, I'm pretty sure, knowing <laughs> Donald, that there's no interest that's going to be right. paid on it. But for certain, they're entitled to their bond money back. And he's got several hundred members. So now you have to take that amount of money, reduce it. And if, in fact, that he's forced to sell it, there's also the delta between his acquisition, which is called the basis, and how much he sold it for. He's going to have to pay federal tax on that money, too. And he did this with property after property. We're just going to put them up on there. Seven Springs, 40 Wall Street, Mar-a-Lago, Trump National Golf Club, uh, Trump National Golf Club L.A. and the Trump Park Avenue. He doesn't own as many things as people think, by the way. So in the case of uh, Seven Springs, he plussed it up from 30 million to almost 291 million. In the case of 40 Wall Street, he went from 540 to 735. In the case of Mar-a-Lago, we just talked about it. Trump National Golf Club, 16.5 is the real value. He says 73. Trump National Golf Club LA, 16 to 56. Then we could just go on. Trump Park Avenue, 750,000. These are rent controlled. These are rent controlled apartments. Well, so essentially not, they, not all of them. Right. Not, not all of them. But they're 750,000 per uh, 60. 2,500 per unit, but he inflated it by 700%. So he's making up numbers, and he says based on the value of his name and his brand. And the judge was excoriating. He came out Mm -hmm. and dropped an anvil on him. So what happens now? Because that part of the case is over. Tish Tish James won that. Now he's got to litigate these other parts of it. At this point, is is it just about how much he's going to pay? Yeah, that's all that it's about. So all trials in New York are bifurcated. There's two parts to it. The first part is the liability. That's been decided by Judge Ngoron yesterday in this decision. Now you go to the second part, which is based on damages. How much is our unsinkable attorney general, Tish James, going to take from Donald Trump based upon the overvaluation and the actions that he did with the personal financial statement? How much is she going to hit him up for that? And that doesn't even include interest and penalty that gets associated to it. Now, There's a lot of mistakes that are made by pundits and journalists where they turn around and they claim that it's a $250 million lawsuit. No, it's not. It is a baseline of $250 million. That means she's not going less than $250 million. That's the minimum. That's the, that's the bottom. Yeah. How much? Well, that we'll see at trial, which as you know, I've already been subpoenaed by Tish James. In order to testify. Yeah. And I have to be very honest with you. After a lot of the actions that we're seeing, the attacks on Judge Chutkin, mm-hmm. the attacks on Tish James herself, the attacks on D.A. Alvin Bragg, the attacks on everyone. Fonnie Willis, everyone. On Fonnie Willis. Jack Smith. Everybody. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I think it's going to it's incumbent now upon government, because I listen again to a lot of pundits on the various different stations talking about how they have to do something to curb Donald Trump's language. What are we not going to, what are we going to wait until something, God forbid, happens and then everyone's going to say thoughts and prayers to the family? No, he should not be permitted to do what he's doing. He's threatening judges. He's threatening prosecutors. He's threatening witnesses. This is all obstruction of justice and witness tampering. And if they don't do something about it, I have a I have a strong suspicion a lot of people may not end up showing up testifying. Listen, 
I'm considering it myself, despite the fact I'm under subpoena. I don't have to put my life on the line simply because Donald Trump cannot control himself and the courts are not controlling him. And the point being that, you know, the witnesses don't have security. The judges at least have security, but the witnesses are sort of on their own if they can't afford personal security. Well, first of all, nobody should be required to pay for personal security because the government needs you in order to prove their case. Yeah, I'm. I have stated that I intend to testify. I said it to God rest his soul, Representative Elijah Cummings. Mm-hmm. You know, I had said to him that I will do what I need to do in order to ensure that Donald Trump is held accountable. And I have done that. I have honored my pledge to this great man. Unfortunately, I also don't want I don't want to meet my maker just yet. And I think it's incumbent upon government because there are too many MAGA supporters out there that don't understand, as Donald right doesn't understand, reality from fantasy. Yeah. All right. We don't live in Disneyland. We live in reality. Yeah. And his numbers at Disneyland and so the so is his behavior. Yeah. It's just not normal. You also have a case directly with him. You're going to be able to depose him because you have a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. Talk actually, about that. tomorrow yeah. uh, we have a compliance conference with the court. No different than what he's doing in all of these other cases. He goes ahead and he uh, files motion after motion. He's the plaintiff. Plaintiff isn't supposed to fight you for a deposition. He's supposed to provide you with the discovery and the documentation that you need. It's part of it's part of the way the system works. Nope, not in this specific case. His goal was to wait, which is what his lawyer asked for, 90 days after the election in order to be deposed. The judge in this specific case. It's insane. We have court order coming up for October 3rd. Right. Now, of course, they don't want to do it because they're saying the October 2nd start of the AG's case. I wonder whether Donald's coming to the AG's case. Yeah. I wonder if he'll show up at all. And if he isn't, why would then that preclude him from appearing for the seven or the nine hour deposition that we're yeah. entitled to take. Well, please come back and tell us how that goes, because uh, it should be interesting. He in a deposition usually doesn't do well. No, he's bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. The truth ain't on his side. No. Uh, Michael Cohen. Thank you. Good to see Much you. Much appreciated. Up next on the readout, that awkward feeling when you try to drum up support with striking union workers by giving a campaign speech at a non-union factory. Brilliant. The readout continues after this. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Donald Trump is skipping another presidential debate tonight, this time to capitalize on the United Auto Workers strike by speaking at a non-union 
plant outside Detroit in the next hour. It's deja vu all over again. Remember how he promised to revive domestic manufacturing when he ran in 2016? It was essentially a main tenet in the Make America Great Again mantra, and it worked. Because Trump won the 2016 election largely because he carried Rust Belt states like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. He targeted those voters with false promises, choosing Michigan, the very place that he's speaking tonight, to make his closing argument in a direct appeal to union workers on the last day of his campaign. I know exactly what to do, folks. We're not going to lose your jobs anymore. We're not going to lose your jobs anymore. We are going to bring back the automobile industry to Michigan. Bigger and better and stronger than ever before. Those lies may not work this time around. The UAW's vice president shared his thoughts on Trump's trip to Michigan tonight, telling the Detroit Free Press, quote, coming to Michigan to speak at a non-union employer and pretending it has anything to do with our fight at the big three is just more verbal diarrhea. (laughs) Let that linger for a moment in your mind. (laughs) Verbal diarrhea from the former president. Joining me now is my panel extraordinaire, Stephanie Rule, host of the 11th Hour, Mediasan, host of the Mediasan Show, Michael Steele, MSNBC political analyst and former RNC chair, and Molly Jongfast, special correspondent for Vanity Fair. Oh, it's an all-star panel. I love having all of y'all here, but I have to- It's a competition for who's going to deliver the verbal diarrhea. Verbal yeah. Um, I'm going to go to you first on that oh, since God, you had a comment. The, the one who talks in class, I'm going to go to you first. I mean, the, the, the thing about it is it worked. I, can I just play for a this second? This is the most important thing, that it, it worked. worked. It worked. I want to play the ad. You know, when I travel, you know, for work, I always go right to, to local broadcast news. I don't turn on cable news. I turn on the local stations. When I was in Pennsylvania, when I was in Ohio, this is the ad that was running like water in 2016. Take a look. And steel, it sends our skyscraper soaring. It'll be American hands, American workers that remake this country. We're going to be working again. We're going to have great jobs again. We're going to make America great again for everyone. Greater than ever before. And people believed it, Stephanie. They did. And this time, Joe Biden isn't taking that for granted. Yes. Right? Yesterday, when you saw him on the picket line, right? There's all sorts of politicians that have said we're pro-union and Joe Biden has always been a union guy. But you cannot find another president that literally walked the picket line because he is not taking those voters for granted, which many can argue Hillary Clinton did back in 2016. They never answered that ad. But she didn't answer that ad because they thought, well, we have the union bosses and they did. But that was the first time union workers split from their bosses who said, following you has got me nothing. And that was why it was a very savvy move for Joe Biden, assuming that's the base he wants to keep. He said, I am here for you. Yeah, absolutely. And Molly, I mean, the the thing is, the numbers are very clear. Joe Biden actually managed to pull back enough. I mean, Democrats normally do better with the union vote. Normally. Um, Normally do. But Barack, I mean, but Joe Biden, I should say, I'm sorry. Donald Trump did better with union voters than most Republicans do. You can just see it there. Romney uh, got 40 percent. Trump got 42 percent. But that 2 percent was just enough to squeak him over the line. And if you were a 
auto worker or a steel worker and you're seeing the plants close, a message that says we're going to put you back to work is a powerful message. The guys from The Apprentice are like, well, he's rich. He must know how to do it. And it worked. Joe Biden is a working class guy. He was able to pull them back. But that is the key to keeping the White House. Right. No question. And this is a really Michigan is a key state. And but I do want to remind you that it does have a Democratic governor now and they and it has three Democratic women killing it in that state. But yeah, I think that's totally right. And I think that um, this is like an incredible time for labor. Like the WGA just got the best contract and they are killing it. And SAG is about to get a deal, I think, that's going to look really good. Yes. Like this is the time when workers are finally getting their due. So to have an American president on that picket line yesterday, first time ever, I mean, you can't like it's so exciting. And I do think that excitement is real. Right. It's not manufactured. It's not lies that Trump is saying. It's real stuff. So I think it speaks to people. And and I promise you, we did not exile the men into the box. They are just (laughs) in the box. It is completely coincidental. But let me go to the guys for just a second. Betty, I'm going to go to you first. I mean, the thing is, there is a tension in the whole idea of we want green. We want to go to green technology. Joe Biden's put a lot of money into it. But for auto workers, they see those green tech jobs and they see jobs in North Carolina, jobs in South Carolina that are non-union, that pay less, and not jobs in Michigan and in Ohio and Pennsylvania. That's the reality. So Biden does have to walk that line because the more he says green, the more a lot of union workers hear jobs leaving our state. But let's be clear as well, Joy, that the UAW have made it very clear they're not against uh, EV production, they're not against electric vehicles, they're not against green tech. They just want those to be unionized jobs. Right. They want them to pay fair wages. Uh, they don't want people like, you know, Elon Musk and Tesla who are anti-union while building electric cars. So that's fair enough. It's a lie from the Republican side that this is all about electric cars. Obviously, everything Donald Trump says is a lie. <laughs> what annoys me is we shouldn't be helping him with those lies. The amount of media coverage over the last few days suggesting Donald Trump tonight is going to see striking UAW workers. He's not going to see striking UAW workers. He's going to a non-union plant to talk to non-UAE members, right? Let's just be very clear. And by the way, there was a massive GM walkout, a UAW walkout, four years ago this month, September 2019. Donald Trump was president when 50,000 UAW workers walked out. He didn't go to the picket line then. When he was president, he didn't do anything. Joe Biden, as president, as Stephanie says, the first president in history to actually walk the picket line. Let's be clear. Even if Joe Biden hadn't gone, to walk the picket line, he's still the most pro-union president of our <laughs> lifetime. Look at what he does. Look at the NLRB. Biden's National Labor Relations Board has actually protected workers. Trump took their rights away. Yeah. And I mean, Michael, this is just the political reality. Donald Trump closed his campaign in Michigan. He promised that jobs are coming back. The plants, he said, would stay open closed. Same thing in Indiana. He said, don't sell your homes. Don't go anywhere. These jobs ain't going nowhere. Plant then closes. You could do this story over and over again. And then he would blame like the union bosses and say, well, it's their fault. The plant. No, actually, it's not their fault. You said you were going to save those jobs. Voters aren't dumb. They know what he did and didn't do. The idea that he's promises kept president, the union and the jobs issue. This man never used American steel in his buildings. Yeah. He used mob concrete. He's never been a friend of the American worker. He's not joy. But can you go back to your to your little poll there that showed 42 percent of union workers backing him at 16 and 40 percent in 20? So even with all the lies, where's the penalty? Where's yep. the penalty? 40 percent. You drop two percent. 
And you know, to 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 Maddie's point, especially this guy is full of crap. As as the union boss said, "Hey, you know the diarrhea is running here, folks." <laughs> yes. Right. But that's why Biden and, can't take well, it for granted. Right. Absolutely. That's why he you has got to take show it up for granted. That's right. Because <laughs> the reality of this election that we're about to go into is is not what we're seeing at the periphery around union versus non-union. It is how it is being eaten up and received by the voters right. um, who still believe 75 percent that the economy stinks and 56 percent believe Joe Biden is the reason it stinks. So the Democrats have a big problem if they don't figure out very soon how to narrate the story to Medi's and, and both Stephanie's point, he has started that that motion, which is going to be critically important because 40 from 42 to 40 in four years tells me there's still a lot more that's sticking with some of those union workers who like Trump. And the th- I mean, and those things are usually cultural. But when you when you look at I mean, I want to talk to you. I've been dying to talk to you about this whole Amazon thing, because there are things in the economy. When I talk to my adult children, my kiddos, they'll say, yeah, the economy on paper looks good. But rent is really too high. That's what we're all living for. for to and your kids are right. And Michael is touching on something that is so important about the economy. And it's something Democrats are missing. The economy has had an extraordinary recovery since COVID. It is great that we are not in recession. It is great that inflation is not running as hot as it was. However, Democrats just keep saying the economy is great, but it's okay to also say people don't feel great. Because if you walk out of here and you want to go get a bacon, egg and cheese, it's not $5, it's $10. Right. If you want to go get a pizza that was 16 bucks, it's 22. And we're in September. People are getting their credit card bills from the vacation they took this summer. And it's twice as much as it was. So at the very least, Democrats need to narrow this gap and acknowledge that inflation isn't running higher, but prices have not gone down. Right. And gas prices are going up. So both things can be true that we've had a really good recovery, but things still don't feel good. And you have to reconcile those wages. I mean, this is all about wages going up. So I do think there is a middle ground here yeah. and we're seeing that these union bargains are really, you know, but and you by the way, if wages go up, there is a chance, whether it's fair or not, that prices are going to go yeah. up. Yeah. And it by the is. way, the unions are at sort of record popularity, I think, yeah. because of that, because people like who's fighting for me. All right. My esteemed panel is sticking around. It is a hostage situation at this point, because we're going to have them stick around and talk about how the right is obsessing, obsessing over Biden's age is old and his mental acuity, mental acuity while happily ignoring Trump's repeated misstatements and missteps. We'll be back in just moments. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. If you pick up any newspaper or peruse any news website, you'll see a lot of talk about President Biden's age. Yesterday, Axios posted this nifty headline about Biden wearing sneakers and exercising because he's old. Shoot, I guess I'm old, too, because I prefer sneakers as well. The article doesn't say much beyond that. And they don't actually talk about the former president's age, despite Trump being just three years younger than Trump. For an industry that loves to both sides us and will easily both sides us into autocracy, it really doesn't seem to both sides this particular one. If they did, there would be robust conversation about Trump's age or, more importantly, his mental acuity. Recently, he told supporters that it was Jeb Bush, you know, Jeb, the former Florida governor, who led us into the Iraq war. When I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. They thought Bush because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Yeah, Jeb's the other one. I'm still waiting for a long dissertation from a myriad of fair and balanced news organizations about that gap or any of the other times that Trump was confused or incoherent. Belgium is a beautiful city. Thank you, everybody. Mr. President, you need to sign it. I said, we've just launched 59 missiles heading to Iraq. Well, you headed to Syria. Yes, heading toward Syria. And I want you to know that. Our army manned the airport. It ran the ramparts. It took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. And at Fort McHenry, under the rocket's red glare, it had nothing but victory. And then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside? You know, you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We would be... In World War II, very quickly, if we're going to be relying on this man. Music playing? The ramparts. <laughs> oh, oh. The ramparts. Oh, the fact <laughs> remains that President Biden and Donald Trump are both older. But isn't the more important question who has actually delivered for the American public and who's willing to preserve our democracy? Because only Trump has led an insurrection, been indicted on 91 <laughs> felony counts and been found civilly liable for sexual assault, also guilty of property valuation fraud in a civil case literally yesterday. And only Trump has called for the execution of military officials, slung an anti-Semitic attack on American Jews on an important Jewish holiday, vowed to silence the media, promised to imprison his political opponents, threatened war against Mexico and ended abortion access in nearly half of the U.S. But please, please, media, tell me more about Biden's sneakers. Back with me are my amazing <laughs> panel. Stephanie Rule, Mehdi Hassan, Michael Steele, Molly Jongfast. Mehdi, I'm coming to you first because you did this supercut I did. You did it before I did. How has the media managed to make people who are three years different in age so completely yeah. different in terms of the threat of them? 
I, like you, I'm losing my mind. But I would say in Trump's defense, when he incited that insurrection, he wasn't wearing sneakers. He was dressed much better Damn. than John Fetterman and Joe Biden. So you've got to give him a pass uh, on that one. Look, the age thing is ridiculous. If, John, if look, Joe Biden's age is a legitimate issue. If Biden were running against Ron DeSantis, 40-something Ron DeSantis, I would say, yes, talk about the age gap. It's a legitimate argument. But as sure. you say, Trump is only three years younger. And as for mental health issues, really? Mm. Really? We're going to have a discussion about who is more mentally competent? The person... Woman, man, camera, TV guy, the guy who, as you just showed, said you need ID to buy a loaf of bread. The guy who said World War II, Joe Biden will start World War II, which ended a year before Trump was born. The guy who rants incessantly about water pressure in his showers and his toilets. That guy is the more mentally competent guy. Give me a break. Come on. I mean, Michael Steele, he's afraid of windmills. He's afraid of windmills. <laughs> yes. I thought Joy said yes, women, well, and I said that. Well, he's afraid of women, that's too. It, that's it. That's it. <laughs> As with Tisha James, he's terrified of her and Bonnie Willis. Go ahead, Look, Michael. I, I think these, 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 these are a straw dog narratives. They're right. there to get us off onto something other than the, the sheer incompetence of the man who held the job before Biden, the sheer uh, anti-democratic uh, ideas that he stands for. Uh, they don't want to talk about that. It is it is roiling inside the party in, in a number of ways. You have people now trying to figure out how to break away from it altogether. Um, and, and they're trapped because they've allowed it to get this far. Then you have others who are going to consent uh, and continue to insist on and persisting and pushing these these narratives out here about Biden's health, all the while not stating the obvious that Donald Trump's handicap is his ignorance. His handicap is his inability to govern. His handicap is the are the elections he's lost and the elections he will lose. And, and so this has nothing to do at the end of the day. This is all politics. And the politics goes to what many were saying. If I'm going to be talking about a 40 something or I guess an 80 something in a presidential election, legitimate discussion. If I'm talking about an 80 year old running against a 77 year old, then I'm looking at who has the wet diaper. And that's Donald Trump. <laughs> We've had it. We started tonight with verbal diarrhea. <laughs> we ended with a wet diaper. This is too much for Who me. Who always comes into it at this some too point? Much. When you, too much. So, but Molly, I do want to code you because you did write a, a great piece on this. And I mean, I just want to point, uh, point you toward Peter Baker uh, of the New York Times. He retweeted um, a, a thing about you know, Biden wearing sneakers because he's old. Right. And people were like, oh, maybe you want to maybe talk about some of these other things. The New York opinion page, uh, a writer for the New York um, board dot com pointed out on Twitter that from nine, the September 1st, 2023 to September 26th, the New York Times opinion section published 17 articles that mentioned the words Trump indictment. During that same period, the opinion section ran 39 articles, more than twice as many that included the word Biden age. What is happening in the media side? Um, Biden's age is the butthur emails of this cycle. For sure. And that's yeah. what it is. It's there's a normal candidate and then there's this guy who's got all the indictments and the, you know, armed insurrection. That guy is not a normal candidate. And the mainstream media and again, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's in hearts and minds, but they are just stuck in this false equivalency land. And the road to a Trump reelection is paved yeah. with false equivalencies. Absolutely. It's paved with sneakers are the same as an insurrection. You know, <laughs> I, four indictments is the same as being 80. They are not the same. Here's yeah. why the age thing makes no sense. And I'd like to say, I'm wearing sneakers. <laughs> 
And cute I'm, sneakers, and too. And I'm 47 and fabulous. Cute sneakers, but anyway, yeah. here's why this argument makes no sense. If, if they want to change policy and take action around the age of lawmakers, and I'm not being ageist, if you want to have that conversation, because we're talking about it with members of Congress, sure, Mitch in private industry, yeah. mm-hmm. there are all sorts of corporate boards with limits. If yeah. they want to go down that route, have at it. But no policy is going to change between today That's right. and this upcoming presidential election. That's right. We got what we got as far as the rules go. Yeah. So move on dot com. Absolutely. Many. I think you had a thought. No, I was just going to say if they actually have a debate, you remember the last presidential debates with Trump ranting and raving? I mean, I look at the polls and the polls seem to suggest that people think that Trump is more competent than Biden. I think people in America have very, very bad short-term memories. <laughs> and I just think we need to, once people see him back there doing his crazy stuff, I think they'll change. The, the thing is, is that it won't come up in the debate tonight. No one has the cojones to say that he is too old then for the job. Then. But, but Republicans will never hold Trump accountable. We yeah. now know this. They right. will never no, they do won't. it. They're not, not for interested. You know, if you do, you end up out of the party. Yeah. Michael Steele, give us a preview. What are we going to see tonight? I love Trump. I love Trump. I love Trump. I'm Chris Christie. I I think you'll hear a a softer version of that, because I think to Molly's point, there's there's no incentive for them to do otherwise. Yeah, Uh, I I think you're going to see um, Ron DeSantis desperately try to rehabilitate uh, his campaign. (laughs) He's so dead. um, Desperately. And there's nothing worse than a desperate Ron DeSantis. So that ought to be entertaining. What's he going to do with his career next? He gonna have yeah, to. He can't do a cooking show. He eat pudding with his fingers. But he eats pudding with his fingers, and the nails afterwards is just a mess. He got a six week abortion man, and he eats pudding with his fingers. Nobody wants to shake go. his hand. How you gonna nobody. be president when nobody wants to shake your hand? Is he gonna do Is he gonna do that rant again? Is he gonna do that? I can't get that, that out of my mind. Rants. That's nasty. Uh, is he going to do that thing, Joey, where he rants and then he smiles and, and then he tries to smile goes, at the end? <laughs> Good Giuseppe rule. Many Hassan, Michael Steele, Molly Dogfast. This was fun. We should do it again. Coming up next, uh, House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries joins me. We're going to bring it back to more serious things uh, with an update on how hostage negotiations with Republicans are going with just three days left to avoid a government shutdown. Back in a sec. Hey, The American people need our Republican friends in the House of Representatives to do their job. Fund the government. The odds of a Speaker Kevin McCarthy government shutdown are growing by the minute. The Senate has put forward a bipartisan bill to avoid the pain of a shutdown, funding the government until mid-November. But that bill is almost guaranteed to go nowhere in the House. McCarthy told his caucus that he wouldn't put the Senate's bill, as it stands now, on the floor. McCarthy will bring up his own right-wing short-term funding bill for a vote on Friday, which would include border security provisions and massive spending cuts to throw a bone to his MAGA holdouts. So in the meantime, we're back to square one. So what is the non-functioning half of the House of Representatives doing with just three days to figure out a plan to avert a shutdown? Well, House Republicans will hold their first Biden impeachment inquiry tomorrow, impeachment hearing tomorrow afternoon. And today they adopted an amendment from Marjorie Taylor Greene to cut Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's salary to more to no more than one dollar. Joining me now is House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York. Uh, Leader Jeffries, thank you so much for being here. I I do want to start with that last uh, element, because it doesn't seem that House Republicans are taking this entirely seriously if their plan is to cut 
the defense secretary's salary to a dollar. Um, uh, is are the negotiations on the other side, in your view, serious or at this point, is it just for show? Well, good evening, Joy. Great to be with you. And you are absolutely correct. It's just for show. These are not serious individuals, uh, but they are being led by individuals like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is driving the House of Representatives toward a government shutdown that would be reckless and hurt the American people uh, because we are wasting time doing things that have no shot of becoming law, like cutting the defense secretary's salary to $1 per year uh, and also engaging in this illegitimate impeachment inquiry when there is a bipartisan bill moving through the Senate right now that 77 senators voted to advance yesterday that would fund the government in a way that meets the needs of everyday Americans, provide support for the Ukrainian war effort, provide relief to everyday Americans who've been hit hard by extreme weather events across the country, and also doesn't include any of these extreme policy poison pill amendments like trying to undermine reproductive freedom for women. That is the only option forward. I want to I want to just go through just so our audience understands sort of what they're proposing. I'm going to put it up on screen. A uh, million dollars in cutting low income mothers and young kids to put them on a wait list for nutrition aid, a 70 percent cut in home heating assistance. Winter is coming. 80 percent cut in funding for public schools with high concentrations of students in poverty. Thirty three percent cuts to housing subsidies. Sixty thousand seniors would lose meals on wheels. Um, and yet. Um, despite the fact that if we have a shutdown, we're talking about 4 million federal employees, 850,000 workers furloughed, losing pay, military, 1.3 million active duty members continuing to work without pay. Social Security and Medicare checks would be sent out, um, but you couldn't replace your Social Security cards, et cetera. Food assistance benefits would be would be slashed by for SNAP. Air travel, uh, TSA agents would have to work without pay. National parks, some would remain open, but maintenance would stop. I mean, you could just go on and on and on, Leader Jeffries. And yet, Speaker McCarthy is blaming Joe Biden. He's saying that Joe Biden refusing to meet with him is the reason that we might have a shutdown. What does Joe Biden meeting with Kevin McCarthy have to do with passing uh, a, a spending bill? Absolutely nothing. President Joe Biden has done his job. In fact, we all did our jobs a few months ago when we resolved the reckless extreme mega Republican default crisis came to an agreement. More than 300 members of the House of Representatives supported that agreement. Strong bipartisan vote in the Senate. It came to the president's desk. President Biden signed it into law. And that agreement included uh, setting the top line spending numbers for the upcoming fiscal year. But a few days after that agreement was signed into law, the extreme MAGA Republicans in the House decided that they were going to go back on the agreement that they themselves negotiated and supported overwhelmingly on the House floor. Why? Because apparently they want to drive us toward this government shutdown or demand payment for an extreme ransom note, which, as you've articulated, Joy, includes things like cutting and slashing funding for public education. They want to impose this continued march toward undermining reproductive freedom, criminalizing abortion care, cutting access to Social Security that would hurt 
millions uh, of older Americans over time, you know, do things like undermine public housing and public health and things of this nature. It's extraordinary that they want to jam their right wing ideology down the throats of the American people. And unless we pay those ransom notes, shut down the government. These are unserious people. Let me ask you just the the bottom line question. You could provide the votes, the Democratic caucus, to pass that Senate bill that you're talking about. Is there a plan for the Democrats to simply provide the votes with whatever Republicans are willing to be serious and just pass the Senate bill? That is what should happen. And we are calling for an up or down vote when the Senate sends over a bipartisan continuing resolution to fund the government and meet the needs of the American people. And if that happens, we will provide a substantial number of votes, the lion's share of votes. And all we will need is a handful of so-called traditional Republicans to join with us in the best interest of the American people and avoid an extreme MAGA Republican (laughs) shutdown that will that will hurt everyone. If and very quickly, but we're running out of time, I apologize. But if Kevin McCarthy refuses to put that bill on the floor, will a discharge petition follow? And because we know that he'll probably lose his speakership if that happens. But can you foresee doing a discharge position petition and forcing a vote on that Senate bill? My view, Joy, all options should be on the table and we should be able to come together in a bipartisan way to do the basic things that we're here to do, which is fund the government and meet the needs of everyday Americans. All right. We will wait to see what happens. We have three days. House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries. Thank you very much, sir. We really appreciate you being here. We'll be right back. Before we go tonight, I want to let all my readers in the Philadelphia area know about a big upcoming event. Chris Hayes is taking his podcast, Why Is This Happening?, back out on the road for a live three-city tour. And I, me, will be joining him in Philly. You can catch us live at the Fillmore on Monday, October 16th. For more information and to buy tickets, just scan the QR code that's on your screen right now. Ah, technology. Don't we love it? Uh, that is the readout for the night. I will see you again tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern, along with all of the gang, Rachel Maddow, Nicole Wallace, Stephanie Rule, Alex Wagner, Chris Hayes. All of us will be doing the, the rundown of tonight's Republican presidential debate. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.